Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlow Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat from the Norton Hornets. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Four Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bulk, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but, but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickheads, you could say. It's just it's, they're just there's <laughs> good racing, and I enjoy it. Yeah. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to the program. Joining me this week is the voice of our supercars, Chad Nalen. Hello, Craig. Uh, good to be on the show again today, and uh, we've nearly wrapped up 2014, haven't we? Lewis Isaacs, you <laughs> were there, well, for the lakeside debut of the new generation, Marcus Ambrose. Evening, Craig. Evening, Chad. I was. It was a, uh, a very hot day out in uh, the north of Brisbane, but it was a... Um good opportunity to see how Marcus is going to fare at Sydney. And I imagine he's going to fare pretty well. Of course it was Ambrose everywhere in the media this week Auto Action had about him wanting to have a V8 supercar over in NASCAR. V8 supercars said he's not concerned about the new generation car. News Limited was talking about Marcus Ambrose returning and the challenge not for the challenge not for the money and even Cars Guide talked about Ambrose being back in the hot seat. I was interested, Lewis, and we'll talk more about your experience later in the show, but even NBC Sports had the livery release. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's a a big deal for the sport. We can talk about how it it may be overexposed as much as we like, but the truth is it's getting great numbers. And, you know, there was even a crowd at Lakeside after people were told not to show up. So it's a massive event for um, for the series. And strangely enough, though, there was no Fairfax coverage you know, community is one of the, the country's largest publishers. There's very little from them, which is not exactly a great sign for supercars. But still, big turnout, big day, and um, good to see you get some mileage ahead of you know a Sydney event that is a dead rubber essentially. I couldn't imagine that there wasn't a Fairfax journal there, though. Well, if you look through the pages of the paper, there was a little to zero coverage of the event. Certainly, Ambrose testing. One of the things that I just couldn't believe is over at Speed Cafe, we're doing it as if it was a race meeting. There was a, a live coverage of the event. Chad, we have seen V8 Supercars this week talk about Bathurst being second in the Twitter TV rankings for this year, and I guess that's why this social media, these live blogs are, are becoming so much more successful. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a bit confused about all that and I didn't really know which way to digest it because, you know, I'm used to trying to digest TV ratings and this is a little bit unusual trying to digest, I guess, Twitter TV ratings. Um, I kind of got from it that it was only an October thing, so it wouldn't be fair to kind of say that Bathurst was outranking some of the other big things that happened uh, throughout the year. But, I mean, we, it was only bettered by the NRL Grand Final, which is pretty impressive. It was beating things like The Block and The Bachelor and X Factor, all the things that you would assume would be absolutely crazy for Twitter and just the general social media and for that age group, which is all over social media, to be smashing that kind of stuff. So that's a pretty good sign, which is interesting because I still think there's more that the sport itself could be doing throughout the coverage and stuff that they've even recognised themselves that they should be doing more of to engage that. I know that was one of the big things that Aaron Noonan in particular was trying to get going in the coverage was to try and see more Twitter interaction. See that we have you know over 8,000 people tweeting about it making up the better part of you know, 38,000 tweets. That is pretty impressive. And the, I think the hashtag itself 
hashtag Bathurst 1000 was used nearly 75,000 times across the entire month. So pretty impressive when you look at it like that. And, you know, that should be a sign that people out there want to talk about it and how do we now get our drivers engaging with it. Uh, what other sports can we look at? NASCAR is pretty good with it, but I think we almost have to look outside the square. Like sports like the UFC, for example, or organisations like the UFC are really good at getting their uh, athletes involved with tweeting and uh, getting their side of the social media stuff going forward. So I think probably we need to look at those numbers and think, okay, well, that's good. Everyone else is tweeting about us, but how can we do more to kind of push our own image forward? So. Mm. Volvo have released a V8 Supercars-inspired editions of the Polestar S40, and I think the uh, 60 is also involved in there, Chad. Yeah, it's, um, it's cool just to see them getting so involved, isn't it? You know, they said from the very get-go that they were going to take it all very seriously and they were going to throw, you know, the whole company behind it. There'd be a Volvo presence and everything that they did. And we got an, an inkling for that straight away with their advertising. You know, advertising Volvo road cars from the get-go had, you know, a V8 supercar feel for it. It's going to be difficult. The instant thing that you think is, well, you know, it's, how can it be a V8 supercar-inspired thing if it's not going to have a V8 in it? But I guess it kind of looks beyond that, and it's more of a, it's more of a uh, kind of good sign that they're in the right direction. But, I mean, the actual package that they're getting together for the better part of, what, 46, 47 grand is uh, it's not a bad bit of kit. So um, good, good on them for embracing it, I reckon. A break, and then I'll feature you next here on Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. The only, the only things Ross is ever critical on are things that A, going to make the car go faster, or B, going to make the race team look better. So he's, um, he's, he's honestly taken on board the, the team, and, and almost, you know, it's, it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. In Supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au, or sign up for the podcast on iTunes. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard from Lockwood Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels through the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Dale Wood from Team Advam GB Gal, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Well, if you're following Vert Supercars... Uh, in the last week, it was hard to miss the fact that Marcus Ambrose was back in the country and driving one. Here's how Inside Supercars saw the coverage. Marcus Ambrose. Yes, Marcus does join me now. Marcus Ambrose is back and ready to race at next month's Sydney 500. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket I can't stress enough how motivated and excited I am to be back in Australia racing for supercars again. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead you? After nine years away from a V8 supercar, Marcus Ambrose turned his first laps back aboard a Ford Falcon at Lakeside Park Raceway, north of Brisbane. I don't have anything to prove. I'm just looking forward to it, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I left Australia nine years ago to chase my American dream, and that's come to a close. And so uh, it just 
worked out beautifully to come back to Australia and uh, compete in Vets with our championship again with DJR and, and Tim Penske. And I smile when I think how it must have been. And I know what a scene you were learning in. Was there something that made you come back again? And what could ever lead you? apprehensive um, just looking forward to getting in the car and seeing how these new cars handle uh, seeing if it if it comes back Dick Johnson expects Marcus Ambrose will add another dimension to the final race of the V8 calendar absolutely and he's going to bring an awful lot to the team you know not only from the aspect that he knows how to drive but in in the development of the car Marcus it must be good to be home yeah it really is and I've been welcomed um, you know so well back home too it's just been um, overwhelming to be honest with you the response I've had from the fans and the sport uh, and from Dick, you know, he came and got me from the airport. Can you believe that? Dick Johnson picking me up from the airport. Appreciate you guys coming out. I really do. It means a lot to uh, to have you guys here. It's going to be hard for me to get across here once that doing laps, but I do appreciate you coming out, and uh, we'll do everything we can to try to get forward back in victory lane for you. Welcome back, Marcus. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and we're unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from Erebus Motorsport, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars, where Lewis Isaacs and Chad Nayland join me. Got to talk about your experience up there at Lakeside. Yeah, it was a fantastic day. You know, as, as soon as I got to the track, I noticed there was some uh, graffiti on the road that said M.A. Cheat. And then once you drive past <laughs> that, you see hundreds of fans. So you can, you can tell that Marcus is still a, a very polarising figure in V8s, but... The impression I got from dealing with him on the day was that he's a very calm and, and relaxed person right now. For him, he was just very happy to be in the car and just get behind the wheel and get used to a V8 supercar again. And, you know, from my impression, sitting next to him, he was still very... He, he admitted that there was patches of rustiness when it comes to certain things. And you've got to remember, the cars have changed, you know, quite a bit since he left. It was his, his first time in a sequential box in one of these cars. And the tyres are different, the rear end's quite different. He was complaining about the heat because, you know, he couldn't run a cool suit on the day. You know, I stuck around most of the day and got to see how, how fast he got and there was no times and no actual flying laps. He was getting very quick and, yeah, I think come Sydney he's going to be right on the money. What did you take from it, Chad? Well, it's hard to take a lot from it. I, I was surprised at the amount of hype around the ride day. 
I think, you know, live updates from a ride day is a little bit crazy. But if anything, it's a good sign that everyone's just so excited to have him back. Uh, I've almost been a bit shocked by the hype around it. You know, I was, wasn't working in about supercars when Ambrose was winning championships, but I was obviously a big fan and I would go watch him over in Perth when the series had come to town. Uh, and when he left and the, the hype around watching him in NASCAR was always there, but it's, it's almost like it was the motorsport news story of the year, his return to Vert Supercars. And that kind of surprised me even more so than things that Ricardo's been doing in F1. And uh, I suppose it's a good sign, if anything, that uh, it's going to breathe a lot of life into not only Sydney but next year. But I guess what I took from it was uh, just sheer surprise at how much media it's been getting. And even mainstream media, you know, cameras rocking up to see him return at the airport for news, that sort of stuff I was pretty surprised by. Um, and while I say that it's a bit ridiculous live tweeting from a ride day because it's really nothing, there's no news there apart from the fact that he's there taking people around, um, it is uh, at least encouraging that we're, we're doing that kind of stuff and that there is so much hype around it. So, like I was saying, a bit ridiculous, but um, hey, it's, it's not like it's a bad thing. Lewis, you yeah. touched on it before because uh, I thought it was amazing that Vert Supercars, through the television coverage and through... Uh, website and everything was talking about oh he's ride day at lakeside he's ride day at lakeside it seemed like before the event they're saying oh look come out there and see him first and then all of a sudden the day before the event they go hold on there could be thousands here we don't have the security we don't have all the infrastructure in to handle that and that seemed to come from the lakeside people though not supercars and and i i don't necessarily agree that it was overhyped for a ride day because you know, I've seen the numbers from ourselves personally, and the response it got was quite quite impressive, actually. You know, people are, are interested, and for whatever reason, Ambrose's reputation has seemed to increase since he left the sport. So for people to come out and, and suggest that it was overblown is a bit bit of a shame, and particularly from drivers, because this is a sport that needs as much coverage as it can get right now, mm. and uh, to criticise any of it's uh, quite myopic, I think. It's also interesting to see how it was received. It was so well received. I think that was the important thing. I haven't seen or off the record heard any negatives from the day. That's Immediately after um, they pulled the covers off the car, he went to the fans and thanked them for being there and he was quite quite open to them. And, and it's, it's a nice sign from, from the sport because, you know, we do have to admit there is some kind of uh, a negative reputation with the 12-hour clash and a bit of uncertainty about Fox next year. So Marcus is doing you know, just great service to the series by adding these positive stories that people seem to really get on board with. Yeah, and it doesn't, it didn't get any easier for him after Lakeside because he was testing at Queensland Raceway and it was every bit as hot there. Yeah, I, I spoke to someone from the team and he got about 80 laps in, but, you know, at the test day, we wouldn't have had a passenger seat next to him, so he could have had the cool suit running and that would have been a bit nicer for him, but, you know, I guess 80 laps for a guy that races... You know, every weekend in NASCAR is probably nothing, really. You'd be used to it by now. Yeah, and that's the big thing, Chad. Most people are going, oh, yeah, but they have to get used to it. He's done more than, you know, he would have done more racing than Craig Lowndes has done in his career. Oh, he's been busy. I mean, the NASCAR schedule is incredible like that, and you can do double duties. And uh, he did, you know, obviously hop into the nationwide car a little bit as well throughout the year. Uh, but those boys over there are racing you know, a better part of... What was, how many rounds is it, 35 rounds in NASCAR? 36, I think, yeah. Yeah, something crazy like that. So uh, it's a busy, busy schedule, so he will be race fit. Um, the, the 80 laps in the heat of a 35-degree day at Queensland Raceway certainly wouldn't have been too much of an issue, but it will help out, won't it, when he gets to Sydney and, you know, it'll probably be 40 degrees, and we've seen what Sydney can do to, um, to drivers who haven't been in the series long. 
Um, but I think, uh, you know, the, the big thing about that will be just trying to get a bit of time in the car where you can actually rag it, give it, you know, the whole potential. They're only meant to be driving to within 80%, they say, on a ride day. So to, to have 80 laps of full noise on whatever tyres they had on the thing, old tyres, he said it was slipping around a bit, so that would be good for him to try and uh, get used to driving it like that before he throws a nice set on for, for Sydney. So uh, the miles will definitely go a long way, and he's got another session to do yet as well. So he'll be as close to ready as he can be. It's all kind of very much more like getting a co-driver ready for Bathurst at the moment. That's what I see the similarities as. Yeah, as, as I've already called it, the Ambrose 500 this weekend. I don't think our supercars are too perturbed that the championship is out of the way and now they're not having to mix an Ambrose message and a championship battle in at the uh, Sydney race, Lewis. Yeah, absolutely, because Jamie's done such a great job this year that it's effectively over and it's not the first time it's happened. And I think we'd much rather see an event like this than something falsified like a double points finish or... You know, as great as NASCAR's chase was, adopting that to our own series, because right now, my personal opinion is it works pretty well. Mm. And it's, um, yeah, that's really a, a boost for the V8 supercars in its way. But I think for Marcus, when it comes to Sydney, he's only going to have one major concern, and that's going to be if it rains, because, you know, he hasn't done a lot of wet racing in the last few years, despite being on track quite a lot. Yep, yeah, good point. Another interesting question that's raised its head this week. Uh, over in New Zealand, I picked up the report, but it comes from, of course, the Pro Drive Academy, Caleb Cross getting uh, into the academy there. And once again, I'm asking the question how young's too young for drivers to be going into Dunlop Series? Well, I mean, first of all, it's not like Caleb's going to be taking the wheel of a car and getting out there on the track anytime soon. He's just going to be uh, observing, he's going to be part of the fold next year within SPR or Pro Drive or whatever it's going to be named. And he's going to be, you know, there to observe and be part of team meetings and look at data and learn the ropes, so to speak. But uh, one thing that I do find interesting about all of this is how how many stories over the last two weeks have started to hint towards, you know, more Pro Drive than SPR. Sort of oh, well, that's, I think that Fogues pretty much exploded it with his Penske yeah. story a few weeks ago. Ford aren't around. This highlights to me, and I don't know about you, Lewis, this highlights to me the, the craziness of taking on an event like the Bathurst 12-hour where other manufacturers already participate and they're going, well, if we come in with you and then you go and stuff us in things we're already competing in and we already have a, a presence in, well, do we really want to get involved with you? And I, I think that's a double-edged sword that they're playing with there. And Darren Cox, he's great value for us in the media too. He doesn't mind shooting straight. Yeah, well, he was absolutely spot on in his comments of criticising the uh, the mix-up, though, because for Nissan, you know, Nissan Motor Company, that is, it's, it's a, a big event, a 12-hour, and, and Rick was there, and they also brought out Alex Buncombe, who proved himself quite well. And the GTR is still, like, a very extremely popular car in this country and abroad, so for him to fire up over how short-sighted this, this date clash has been, you know, rightly or wrongly, that it's still there, is um, it's quite telling that you know, manufacturers are looking at it and thinking, well, why would I want to be involved in V8 supercars if this is how they treat certain brands? You know, it's not like Bentley or Ferrari is looking to enter V8 supercars anytime soon, but yeah. there are other manufacturers with GT3 cars, and if anything, there's more joining that than supercars. Mm. Well, we need to take a break here on Inside Supercars, back with plenty more when we return. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Bought Radio Facebook page... 
Hi, I'm Nick Perkett from HHA Racing. You are listening to Inside V8 Supercars. Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. The only, only things Ross is ever critical on are things that A, going to make the car go faster or B, going to make the race team look better. So he's, um, he's, he's honestly taken on board the, the team and, and almost, you know, it's, it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. It's supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes. Hi, I'm Scott Pye from Wilson Security, Dick Johnson Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Back to Inside Supercars with Chad Nalen and Lewis Isaacs. And Lewis Dalgren leaving GRM at the end of the year. Are they going to go for an experienced race-winning driver, or is it going to be David Wall? Well, Dalgren is an experienced race-winning driver, just not in this series. And I think everyone at GRM and the sport kind of knew that before going in, That, or well, everyone except for Polestar realised that you can't come in here and be successful. And that was Lee Darwin's biggest shortcoming because he's a, a great bloke and a great driver, but he just wasn't used to these cars. And, you know, you saw at the start of the year that he'd bring, his home, or bring home his car regularly, you know, without a scratch on it. But that's because he wasn't racing near anyone, which is a bit of a problem. But it's just looking increasingly likely that Dave Wall's got that second seat wrapped up. He's, uh, his two sponsors have signed a deal with Volvo Cars Australia, not the race team, which is... Um, Wilson Security and Pace, and I spoke with David earlier this week, and he also told me that you know there's only one team he's talking to, and that is Volvo. So um, you know it's hard to bet against him right now. But you know Gary Rogers did mention an interest in Scotty Pye before, and it's also worth remembering that he finished runner-up to Scott McLaughlin in 2012 in the Dunlop Series, and it was his first year in that championship. Chad, you like uh, all of us have been impressed with the way that Dalgren's gone about his business, and I guess Gary Rogers, they already had the Alex Premer experience they knew that it took Alex at least a year and a half to really start to even get close to mid-pack they knew straight away that they were going to go back to square one with their with their second car by making the change away from Alex yeah and I mean there was a lot of pressure from Volvo to put a Swedish driver in the car and let's not forget that for the last 10 years you know he's been driving for Volvo and in the last few years specifically Robert's job has been to develop cars for Polestar whether that be you know, road cars, race cars, whatever it is, that's his main job, is almost more a development driver for Polestar themselves. So he's going to have projects back in Sweden, which he'll be going back for now. He'll have cars back there to help develop. And don't be surprised if we see him involved one way or another when the new regs come in uh, in the next couple of years, if Robert does make some kind of return in one way or another to help Volvo develop whatever power plant uh, we'll be end up seeing in you know, V8 supercars into the future. So disappointing, you know, still to see him get a top 10, or, let alone a podium. Uh, the hard tyre thing has probably been what's killed him the most. He showed a little bit of promise on the soft tyre. He gets his ears boxed in by everyone around him when, he, when he's racing. We saw that in Perth and a whole bunch of other tracks. When he gets in a scuffle with a few guys, uh, he just gets knocked about. The series, the way the cars drive... Um, the, the lack of grip in our series compared to categories where he would have been running, whether it be world touring cars or stuff over in, in Europe, is so different to what he's used to. And it's just a shame that we never really got to see the best of him because uh, as the British Formula Ford champion from the turn of the millennium would be, he is a good race car driver, and we never got to see that in Australia, really. Mm. Another topic we could talk a long time about, Chad, is uh, interestingly, Sue, uh, Lucas Dumbrell, Tony Dalberto and Triple F have all got their wrecks back uh, in a magnanimous decision by Vert Supercars after the uh, the judge in 
the case uh, absolutely slammed the uh, contract that was written. But uh, interestingly, I would have thought the Triple F licence might have ended up at Super Black, but it, it seems more and more likely that Dick Johnson Team Penske is going to have their licence out to Super Black Racing next year. Mm, it's just it's a little bit disappointing, isn't it? All the hype about Penske, and now they're going to be a one-car team. Uh, so that's one disappointing side of it. It'll be an absolute travesty if Scott Pye's not on the grid next year because he's so talented. And uh, at the moment, the seats are drying up, and Scotty looks like being the kid on the outside. So hopefully that doesn't end up happening, and hopefully there's an 11th hour saviour for Scott Pye to be in the series somewhere next year. Um, I'd prefer to see that. Uh, I'd prefer to see Super Black take take an option with LDM or Triple F for sure before they go taking the second uh, Penske one, but we'll end up seeing where that goes. Um, yeah, they've done they've done a lot. They've done well, Super Black, to to make this kind of impression in the series with what they did at Bathurst, and it's cool to see Andre Heimgartner come into it, no doubt. So I'm really impressed with everything that Super Black have done, and picking up one of these extra wrecks along the way will do them. You know, will be way easier than buying one for themselves, and way cheaper than getting one of the one for themselves. But I just hope it doesn't come at the expense of the second DJR car and. Scott Pye's career. Mm. And, uh, of course, as you know, Lewis, I've been a, a big supporter of the Ambrose Murphy 2015 ticket that uh, we've been pushing uh, in different a- a areas of the media. So I'm disappointed if, if we can't get that ticket up. Yeah, it's, it's looking increasingly unlikely, isn't it? You know, those two have got their own history and, uh, you know, it's still talked about, would it be 10 years on, you know, next year, which is you know, remarkable for this sport. But, uh, you know, I'm sure Greg will still be there at the Enduros and they can continue their stash there. Mm. All right, uh, just a f- final one. FPR needs a technical director like Ludo. Uh, that was uh, Frosty speaking to supercars.com.au Lewis, uh, an, interesting, an interesting one because didn't they have Campbell Little? Didn't they have all these other engineers going through their stable over all those years? Yeah, they've got a lot of talented and, uh, you know, extremely intelligent people that work there, but perhaps, you know, they're, they're just short on the ground like a lot of people are. If you see someone like Grant McPherson, who's on the aero panel, and he's uh, Frosty's engineer, and he's, you know, very highly regarded along pit lane, but, you know, his day job is to engineer a car. Perhaps someone like he should be stepping up to that kind of overseeing role, and they can plug their engineering gap with someone else. You know, I, I just think finding you know, the right amount of people with the talent and can kind of survive in this sport is, is harder than we all think. Mm, Chad, it's an interesting comment to make. Yeah, and maybe with uh, any changes that might come with, say, Ford aren't going to be backing this team into the future, then maybe we'll see some pretty wholesale changes. And if the Pro Drive name is slapped on it, then maybe that opens up a chance to bring in some people from overseas that are kind of under the... the greater pro drive banner i suppose but yeah i think lewis is right they're probably over, overlooking people within their own establishment they could almost do that job but then who's going to replace grant on frosty's car i mean he's actually done a really good job engineering with him on this for a first season working together i thought they've done quite well mm. well a break and a final thought up next here on inside supercars join in the conversation post your thoughts on our facebook page and to ask a question email insiders at sportradio.com.au Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we're able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do. Um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Rapsdale family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Back to Inside Supercars, a final thought. Chad Nalen. Well, I guess my final thought today is if this is the kind of hype we get from Marcus Ambrose going to do a ride day, the internet will crash if he actually puts a thing on the podium or gets a pole position or does something amazing in Sydney. And you know what? I just hope that he goes well um, because I feel like the, the greater media won't understand why he doesn't do well if he doesn't do well you know what I mean if you say he misses the top 10 everyone will instantly jump to conclusions that oh he's lost it he's not going to be anywhere but it is going to be so difficult for Marcus to even crack the top 10 on the weekend we found really that there aren't too many people who can get a lot of speed out of the Fords this year um, DJR have good gear and brand new car for him coming to Sydney it'll be quick it'll be a good car but if, uh, if Marcus doesn't go and put the thing on the podium everyone be cool don't worry he's still got it he'll just Need a bit more time to develop it. Yeah, good thing is DJR has got a good package for Sydney. Uh, Jonathan wanted a DJR car there, and that must be four years ago. 2010, yep. Yep, four years ago now. Lewis, your final thought. Yeah, I'm going to, um, you know, hasten the uh, excitement about Marcus as well. You know, as as great as he is, and, uh, you know, the fact that he's garnered all his attention recently, you know, DJR is still essentially an underfunded team this year. He's, um, you know, up against 25 other guys that have been in the cars essentially every fortnight this year. So uh, they're quite in tune. He's at a track he's never been to. But make no mistake, he's here for the long haul. And uh, I have no doubt he'll win again. But it probably won't be at Sydney. Mm. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars.